This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting eleven, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like X has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Good evening and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and serial YTK blogger XWHU employee. A point against Man City at the weekend means that we're now unbeaten in four, but just how important is Mikel Antonio to that run of form? Now he's injured, can Hilaire prove the doubters wrong and take this opportunity to shine? X will be giving us the latest news before we end the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, we're surrounded by tough games at the moment and Saturday was another one. Give us your thoughts on the performance and the result. Yeah, I thought we played really well. Um, Again, got a result I wasn't expecting. I thought the first half we were very strong. Um, I thought Declan Rice was absolutely outstanding in that first half. Like, put any doubts from neutral fans as to why he's rated so highly at West Ham to bed surely mm. I thought he was superb uh, I thought we, yeah like I said I thought we played really well um, I think we should have had a penalty I thought it at the time even before the replays um, and obviously that would have given us if we'd scored it um, a good platform there do you still think it should have been a penalty yeah I do I, do do. I don't think he got enough of the ball I think he took the man before he got the ball I'm quite undecided about it if I'm honest if the ta- first, first glance I thought it was a stonewall penalty then when I look at it from a different angle, you could argue he's taken the man first. Yeah, well, that's the point. 
But then you I don't know if for... there's enough contact and he then gets the ball to warrant it maybe any, not being a penalty. Any contact that puts off the person as he's about to strike a ball at goal, which that did, but is a penalty. If you take the person before taking the ball, it's a foul. Oh, it doesn't mm. matter if you take the ball first. I could smack you around the head and then take the ball. Mm. That's a, obviously a foul, but yeah. you know it's the same in that situation. Why didn't you go to VAR for it then? I don't know, mate. I, I mean, this is the whole shambles of VAR and and everything. They don't go to it consistently. They don't use it consistently. They get it wrong even when they do use it. It's an absolute shambles. Don't get me started on that. Something that's like meant to improve the game. Um, and should really but the fact you're using technology although there's still a human element to it should be able to give you the right result each time Mm. but because it still has a human judgment to it it doesn't and it's not in my opinion there's just as many controversial decisions now as there was before VAR. Yeah, so yeah. what's the point of it? Yeah. It's made it more controversial, if anything. It's been counterproductive. It has, and it takes away the excitement and drama of the it game. Does. Every time West Ham score, even the Lanzini one, yes, I was jumping up and going mad, but there's an element in the yeah. back of your head thinking, is this going to go to VAR? Mm. Is this gonna... It just takes away that instant, like like thrill moment of yeah. when you score a goal but yeah I, I, like I said I thought we played well obviously Antonio going off was pivotal to um, the performance because he's just so crucial to us at the moment mm. um, and you know I'll talk about this more in my section but if he is to be out for a, a period of time it's going to be interesting to see whether we can maintain this level of performance because I think he's so important to that um, and I thought Fabianski had one of his best games for yeah, for a while made a couple of crucial saves so yeah again if you'd offered me at the start of the season a draw against City where we were certainly deserving of that draw arguably deserving of a win at times um then i would have then i would have taken it so it's another positive result for the team and for Moyes. so when you look at that and you might have just answered this question considering that we were so good in that first half and the fact that we went into half time one nil up do you look at that with disappointment that we didn't get the win or were you happy with the point? It's funny you should say that because actually after the game I did almost feel like it was two points lost mm. a little bit which is ridiculous when you're playing Manchester City the team that like historically batter us regularly you know beat us what was it 5-1 five, 5-0 five nil, five nil yeah, at the start of last season years, yeah, yeah batter us consistently so to get a draw at home to them is a very good result but there was an element of me Mm. I think it's always when you lead you know if Man City Mm. had been winning like the Tottenham game for example that felt like a point gained rather than a point lost I make you right I mean it's obvious because we came from 3-0 down but I think whenever you come back from a result to get a draw it feels better than if you've been in the lead Mm. and then you draw Mm. you know and so I think, or unless you've, you know, you've scored a lucky goal and then you've been holding on for dear life and it's ended one all, then maybe. But I think in that scenario, it always does feel a little bit like you've lost the two points, but you you can't have any negativity towards that performance or that result. You know, we've got a draw against them, a draw against Spurs, um, some real tough games, beat Leicester, beat Wolves, you know, should have got a result against Arsenal. The only game... 
this season where we've deservedly been beaten or not played well is the Newcastle game, yeah. which funnily is the one you would have thought we were most likely yeah. to do well in. Um, going into the Liverpool game, I feel the most confident I feel would feel about that game in, than I can think of in recent years, or in, certainly probably in my life, because of the fact they've got Van Dijk and now... Um, What's his name? Fabinho. Is that well, Matip his name? as well as a Matip as a doubt. All their centre-backs mm. um, are a doubt. They're going to play young kids at the back. It's just frustrating that we may not have Antonio. But either way, we need to go into this game not looking to lose. I, I think we can get a result there. Yeah, I mean, Antonio is so important to everything we're doing at the moment. He yeah. really is. Because of his energy, his strength, and his threat in front of goal. I mean, you know, he's never been the most technically gifted player. But if we talk about that goal, for example, on Saturday, yeah. that was outstanding, wasn't it? I mean, he seems to be going from strength to strength. Yeah, he's getting better and better. I mean, maybe he's just a, a late bloomer. I mean, he he was um, he was in non-league football at the start of his career. That's right. And obviously, he's just made his way up through the ranks. Like, you know, something like... Um, Ian Wright yep. or Stuart Pearce or Jamie Vardy mm. you know maybe he's just going to take that little bit longer to to um, reach his peak um, maybe it's still not got there yet but yeah it was a brilliant finish not only the technique to score that goal but to hold off the defender the defender was all over him so yeah. he showed good strength and to kick it overhead kicks harder when you're doing it at an angle because if you're doing it like straight on goal it's going to go over your head naturally because your foot's going to be higher than your head but when you're mm. at an angle like that you've got to make sure it sort of goes over your head but not too high so it goes over the bar so the how many technique- have you fucking scored in your oh, life hundreds then? mate hundreds you know back back in the uh, back on Wanstead Park you know <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid they were flying in left right and centre so I speak with a, with a good knowledge on this uh, but, um, but um, if you, only with my right foot of course, yeah, like, of course my yeah. left foot's just for standing on but um, <laughs> right foot constantly um, they um, yeah it is harder technique and, yeah, and you're so right. you're it's right. an even better goal than yes your traditional overhead kick, so to speak. Yeah. An assist first, you foul uh, as yes. well. Yeah. Great cross into the box. Yeah. We don't see enough crosses at West Ham. I've said it for a long time. And with Hilaire coming in as well, I think it should be a strategy of ours in games more so. And we'll talk about that in a second. But what yeah. did you make of of Shufal's overall performance. I like him. I, I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think we've got a bit of a bargain there. He's kind of my type of right back. You know, he's got a, a right, or right wing back. He's got a good engine on him. Mm. Um, he gets up and down that wing. He takes bad tackles. He's quite tough. Gets stuck in himself. Seems to enjoy playing football. Um, and I like the fact that he's not a... What's the word? Like He's not a... He's not. He's not an arrogant player, you know. He, I think he's delighted to be at West Ham. You know, he's got his best mate in um, uh, Suchek. Thank you, Suchek. There, so they seem to be really, really happy with um uh, at the club. And um, you know, I don't know if you saw, he posted quite a, a nice picture on Instagram of his kid in uh, obviously in the Docklands where they put all West Ham players up when they when they come here. He's got his shoe foul um, kit on. He's watching the game on TV, and it was quite a nice picture. They obviously seen, and then there was another picture of him, I think, outside the stadium doing the crossed irons and stuff. So already there. Um, embracing being at West Ham mm. and um, yeah I really really like him I think with him and Fredericks now um, we've got some good options because you know Shafal's Sh- uh, definitely got to be first choice but Re- Fredericks gives you an option of pace if you need him to yeah. come on so I think I'll right back so looking quite solid now which is good 
Yeah, so, it, yeah. Is, it is good because it was um, an area that we needed to identify and to do that for five and a half million pounds seems like one hell of a signing. Yes. And, and well done to Thomas Suchek for... <laughs> For the recommendation, yeah. because I love him. I think he's great for yeah. all the reasons that you've just mentioned. But you know what? I don't think there's any coincidence that we've got this togetherness and we've got this work rate. When you look at the fact that we've lost players who are lacking the right attitude and players that have got the right attitude have come in. So, for example, Philip Anderson isn't here anymore. Jack Wilshire isn't here anymore. Sanchez isn't here anymore. But Bowen comes in, and he genuinely appreciates the opportunity to play in the Premier League and respects the football club. Suchek comes in. He's coming from the Czech Republic. Again, bowled over by the chance to play Premier League football for West Ham, who in Czech Republic and anyone outside of England is a massive football club, no doubt. Same with Shufal. You know, these players have come in and you can see the work rate. And it only takes one or two of them to work hard for the next two to respond in the same way. And before you know it, you've got a group of players there that are playing for this football club. And if they're enjoying their football and they're getting results, it just it just breeds positivity. And I think that is carrying us so far at the moment as well. My only concern is that a lot of people have said this in the past. West Ham only seem to turn up against the bigger teams. So it'd be interesting now when we get some of the lesser games that we would have expected to win from the get-go and see how we get on against them. Because you don't know. I mean, with the system the way it is, we are typically set up to counter-attack. And that, you could argue, is more suitable for bigger clubs that are predominantly attacking us. But if we come up against a lesser side, is that system going to be as effective? Time will tell, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's difficult to know, really. I, I think you've just got to stick with the system as it is and not and not change it. Because if we start experimenting with different systems for different um, teams, um, then it's then you know you can't say whether it would have worked with the old system type thing. If that mm, makes sense. Yeah. So I think you've just got to go. This is our best system for the players we've got. Unfortunately, we don't have the squad of a. Um, you know, like a, a bigger team that we can alternate players to suit different systems because mm. if we go for a four four two, for example, then you put Mazuaku or Cresswell at left-back and I don't think either of them are particularly good at left-back, whereas I think Cresswell's played well as a centre-back. He's been think, brilliant. Yeah, and I think brilliant. arguably hammer of the year. If you were to choose now... Is Mazuaku. Um mm, He's been great as well. Yeah, so you don't want to mess them around. Um, I think Fredericks works better as a wing-back. I don't know about Shafal because I've never seen him in a four-four-two, but mm. he's done well as he is. I like the fact we have three um, free centre-backs. I think they can bail each other out, which is a, mm. a bit of a criticism of them, I guess, rather than a compliment, but still it works better like that. And I think we don't have necessarily... Um, the the midfielders to play a four four two either because if you play for example four four two if you play Suchek or Rice in the centre which is what you should do that's too defensive for me in a, in that formation if you play um you know any other formation you've got to start bringing in players that I'm not entirely sure um should come in so I think you've got to mm. stick with the system that we've got I agree I agree uh, you cannot put a price on Antonio's form over no. the last six months it looks like we could be losing him and you'll confirm that for sure in your section if we have then this is an opportunity for Hilaire to come in and show us what he can do there's no excuses now the team are playing well 
The forwards are getting the service. There's a buzz amongst the group. The question is, will he take that opportunity and prove the doubters wrong? Well, I said on Twitter that it is the time for him to come in now because there's no other better time for him to come in. He's mm. technically in, on form because he scored goals in the cup and in mm. the, he scored one in the league. We're on form. I, w- I did suggest that I would arguably drop for nows, which is harsh, and I got a lot of stick for this, and put Ben Rama in because I think people always say, yourself included, that Alain needs people playing off him and I would say Bowen and Ben Rama playing off him is more suited to his previous experiences than having maybe for now's slightly deeper if that makes sense so I would arguably bring Ben Rama in and say right the the job of you three is Ben Rama Bowen get up the wings play off him play it to him play it off him get down the wing cut it into him play it into the box Hilaire you've got to get on the end of it Mm. that's basically how I would work this system there's no other if he can't do it now he's never going to do it I'm afraid Mm. and if he can't you've just got to stop making excuses for him Mm -hmm. now I don't mean you personally I mean West Ham fans out there because I, I don't think I've ever experienced so much defending of a player as I have him really so, yeah I mean it's almost I mean I'm going to get sick for saying this because of, the, of it but I almost feel like it's a bit like a cult following of him like I'm not saying I don't think he's a good player he's obviously got to be a half decent player to have scored the goals he's scored in the leagues he's scored them in um, and to warrant the transfer fee that he did and the interest from other teams in Europe you know there was a time when Manchester United were looking at him they didn't sign him so you'd have to question why they didn't but they did look at him but so I obviously think he's got something I, I just don't know if he is the, a Premier League forward. And people can put videos on Twitter and of all these things defending him. The the bottom line is he needs to score goals because he's a forward and mm. he needs to create opportunities for others to either score or to get into positions to score from. I'm, I'm still not convinced by him. I've never been convinced by him, even from day dot. And if you remember back to the pre-season of the last season, when you asked me to tell you which player I thought was going to be the biggest flop this year, mm. I hesitated massively and wouldn't say him because of the fact that he was the record signing. I didn't want to put that doubt in people's minds before he had even started for us. But mm. from what I'd heard, from sources on the training ground and so on he he isn't performing as well as people think he is and that's why I had that doubt I hope so much that he proves me wrong I will stand I'll sit on this podcast and I will say he has proven me wrong he's done really well yes he didn't get the service I do still think he's a decent forward if we'd paid and it's not his fault that we paid the amount of money we paid for him but if we picked him up for 8-10 million I'd say we've done we've done well there you know he seems like a decent forward but we, we paid 45 million for mm, him mm. I know that's not his fault but I just expect more from a mm. club from West Ham stature to pay 45 million for a forward I do expect more from him and I do hope he's got to start for me it's not I wouldn't play Bowen up there or Yarmolenko mm. people have said that you should do because they're more like Antonio if you're not going to play 
Hilaire when you've got your only other forward out injured when are you going to play him you might as well just bin him off in January mm. this is the chance and he has to come in and he has to work hard and he has to prove technically he's as good as people say he's, and he has to score goals and then maybe he'll turn his West Ham career round. yeah he's definitely got qualities there's no two ways about it whether it's in the Premier League or not and yeah you could argue that he has been on form because when he's been given the opportunity to play, he's, he's, played, he's well. played better for me this season than he did last season. Uh, yeah, 100%. Mm. However, do you know what I think goes against him potentially coming in for Antonio is his persona. Yeah. That doesn't do him any no, favours because the man that he's replacing is putting his heart and soul defending from the front and charging forward at every single opportunity, sweating his nuts off after 10 minutes of playing. Whereas with Hilaire, he's not that sort of character. He's very laid back. And he doesn't give the impression of a workhorse, probably because he isn't. Not every striker is. He's more of a target man, really. Um, That is potentially going to go against him, because if he doesn't score in the first game or two, and West Ham don't get the results we're expected to get, people will look at him and his contribution, and his persona won't do him any favours there. But technically, I still believe he can do good things for West Ham. And I've said it before, he was judged quite harshly on being part of a toxic team that, as a group, wasn't delivering on the football pitch. Mm-hmm. Now we are delivering. Strikers are getting the service. There is no excuse. He has to take this opportunity now, and he has to score goals. Because in Antonio, we are missing our linchpin, and yeah. it's such a loss for us that the spotlight is going to be on him massively because of the price tag, because of the constant debate as to whether he's good enough or not. He has to carry the pressure of that on his shoulders and deliver against it. That's why he earns the big money. That's why everyone in Bundesliga was talking about how they couldn't believe West Ham have signed this absolute gem. Mm. Now we've got to see it. We've seen traces of it, but now we've got to see it during this period. Yeah, 100%. Because like, if he can't play under the pressure now, when can he play? Seriously, like you, we can't, and keep... he's approaching an easier run of games now. Exactly, as well. exactly. That's a good point, mate. And we can't keep making excuses for him. I'm sorry, no matter how much you might love the fella and be like Trek Frankfurt's biggest fans and you Trek or whoever it was he played for before that, and think and know factually he's the best player in the world. You can't keep <laughs> forgetting that's a little bit sarcastic, <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> you can, you can, there does seem to be some people out there that just will not have a bad word against him you cannot you cannot excuse him any longer yes it might not be his fault it may not be but how many players through West Ham's history then should we go back in time and correct fans opinions on because we weren't we didn't give them the right service you know people see about Florin Radachoyu as being a West Ham flop maybe he didn't get the right service people talk about um, you know other big name forwards I should have thought of some more examples <laughs> before I went into this <laughs> sentence but there are examples where we've paid money for forwards and mm. they've they've not turned out to be as good as they are maybe we didn't give them all the right service but the bottom line is whether he's got the right service or not yes that's unfortunate if he if he isn't getting the right service but for some reason he's not right for West Ham then he's got to prove not only is he a good player now 
but he is the right player for West Ham going forward because if he isn't, we need to cut our losses soon mm. because we can't have another season where he just plays on the bench, doesn't score. His value is just going to depreciate massively. Mm. His confidence is going to go. So if it continues and he can't take these period of games, let's just say, I'm not saying this is the period of time he's going to get, but let's just say he's got six games coming up, right? Yeah, he's got Liverpool in that. He's got Fulham. Uh, I think he's got... Um, Sheffield United has he? Like, yeah, I can't, I can't Villa, remember. Man United. Villa, yeah, there's a there's easier games. Like you said, even though there are no easier easy games in the league, but technically, by mm. definition, there is. He has to take these games and perform well because mm. you're coming up to January. I'd be very tempted if he hasn't taken them and he's not played well to see if we can get 30 million for him or something. We pay 45 for him, take a 15 million loss on him on January, 30 million, reinvest that in another forward. If it, it, whether it's it could be entirely not his fault, he's not getting the service. But Antonio is scoring goals, okay? And maybe the service is more suited to Antonio's style of play or whatever the excuse is. But then you need to buy a player that is similar to Antonio to play mm. this system. You don't persist with someone and keep saying, oh, he's not getting the service, he's not getting the service, he's not getting the service, and just keep doing that. There has to come a point where you say, right, he isn't getting the service or he's not good enough, one of the two. But either way, he needs to go and we need to get someone in that can score goals because Antonio has proven that you can get goals in this team. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, when we had this conversation, and I'm, I'm sure you're not doing this deliberately, by the way, it seems like we're talking about Hilaire as if he's been shit for West Ham since we've signed him. And I don't think that's fair because, like I say, firstly, the first season at the club, he was part of a team where everyone was shit. So can you fairly judge him on that? Yeah. And secondly... um, when he has played and he has been given the opportunity recently, he has done well. So as it stands, I don't believe there is an answer as to whether Haller uh, is going to be a success at West Ham. This is why this opportunity he's going to be getting now in Antonio's absence is so important. You can't, I'm sorry, as West Ham with our stature, even if he is second best to Antonio or again, like I say, he's not getting the service. We cannot afford to have a forty-five million pound player on the bench. I'm sorry, mm. it's, we're not a big enough club to do that. But he needs yeah. a full season, though. Surely, I mean, you're saying January. That's in two, three months' time. Um, all right, he's maybe, got to have the full season. Maybe next, a full he? season, maybe. But then, you, you, if he if he doesn't play well in that remainder of the season his value is just depreciating every every few months you go by because you get to the summer and he's had two seasons now where he's not really performed yeah he performed a bit last year and he's performing in the the small time he's had this year but if you get he hasn't performed throughout the whole season you know if you get to next summer two years down the line i can't remember what contract he's on off the top of my head, I think it's five, but if it's four, you know, only got two years left then, his mm. value is just going to get less and less and less. You have to come to a point where you do cut your losses. You know, Like I said, if it was a jetty, for example, where he'd only paid seven or eight million and he was young, and you could maybe buy him a bit more time, but I just don't think West Ham can afford to have a £45 million player that they just don't particularly play. How many seasons do you give him? Giving him two seasons? Do you give him a third season to prove himself? I mean, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Mm. I hope he comes into these six games, or however long it is, um, and does prove, and does score goals and play well. Part of me thinks he will, because he's shown me enough glimpses in the games this season to show that he can finish so 
I hope he does play well. And then if he does and starts banging in the goals and Antonio's absence, then what a dilemma we've got. Two forwards that can score in the system. Um, and then and then we don't need to change the system. Because yeah. people are always talking about playing Antonio and Alaire up top together. But if you can have one that's in form and then sub him on and off for the other, oh, alternate it. You know, Alaire might be better against a, a taller, bigger centre-back than Antonio. Antonio might be better against, a, you know, a, a more physical one, for example, that's going to try and push him off the ball. They might be suited to different defenders that they're coming up against. But if you can have both of them on form that work in the same system then that's what you need to happen. Yeah, so it's a big wins. moment for him. Yeah, it is. And look, I mean, make of it what you will in terms of the reports allegedly coming out about him in training. I mean, yeah. because Carlos Tevez was notoriously a terrible trainer, but always turned up on a match day. And I think it, it purely comes down to he's got the opportunity now. Let's see what he does with it. Because there is a lot of speculation. There's a debate on both sides. And good luck to him, because like you, like everyone else, I want him to do well. And I'm sure yeah. he wants to do well as well. So time will tell and we'll see. But it's interesting because, you know, you say that from your experience on social media, interacting with people about Hilaire, it does almost seem like there are certain players in West Ham where it's a little bit of a taboo subject to question. Yeah. Now, Mark Noble's one of them. Yeah. Um, Hilaire's one of them. Yeah. I think you could argue Fournells is one of them yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be a lot of support for Fournells. I mean, yeah. I want to get your thoughts on him because me and you have debated Fournells for quite a while now. I think we, we have and still do agree that he's being played out of position. Yeah. We both agree that for a winger, he lacks pace. However, I can see why fans like him because he's enthusiastic, he's energetic, his work rate is, is spot on. He's creative as well. Yeah, he's, he is creative. You're right. He is creative. But is all that enough when you're playing on the wing? Just how important is skill that he seems to be lacking? Just how important is pace he seems to be lacking? I'm not... I don't want to have a go at him here, but to me, he seems a little bit questionable in front of goal. Against Leicester, phenomenal. Like The way he brought that ball down, the finish was excellent. But he missed pretty much an open goal against Tottenham. I think the one-on-one against Man City, he should have scored that as well, actually. Pace massively let him down in that opportunity. I think that should have that should have been a goal. And there's been other instances where I thought, God, you should have done better there, Pablo. So whilst I like him, I I promise I promise you I do like him, there are question marks for me over whether he should be starting over the excitement that Ben Rama can bring. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I suggest with Alaire, I would actually take Fennels out and put Ben Rama in. I don't know Ben Rama very well, only from what I've heard, clips that I've seen. But he looks more suited to the wing position and for playing alongside Alaire. Um, both French-speaking, which as well I always think is quite, yeah. quite a, a little bonus because they can sort of communicate and not necessarily be understood um, by the opposition. Uh, I think... I think it will be, um, I think, yeah, Fennels is going to be a good player for us. But like you said, I see him more as a central midfielder where pace isn't as a necessarily important attribute as it is out on the wing. And it's an interesting one that I do find. You get some fans that like your kind of classic British workhorse like puts mm. in effort maybe not the most technically gifted but work for the team put their heart on their sleeves you know your, your nobles your your nolans your snodgrasses james collins like this though you, you got your mm. fans that love that sort of player and then you've got your fans 
that discredit them because they're not technically as good mm. as your your um, players that have come in from abroad. And then you get your fans that love the player that's coming from abroad because they might be technically a better player. And this is a massive stereotype here, but technically a better player, more skillful, um, but may not care for the club as much yeah. as you like. And I think you've got your camp that love that sort of player. Mm. And always will criticise your nobles and stuff. Mm. And then you've got your camp that love your nobles and your snodgrass and <laughs> criticise. Yeah. It always seems to be the way. Like, I always wonder if you had, if Mark Noble was called Marco Noblinio or something, <laughs> or if Pablo Fornells was called Paul Fawn or something, what the difference in comments would yeah, be. Yeah, because yeah. I honestly do think sometimes it's yeah. as fickle as that. Um but judging it on a, a player um a player like not taken into account. I think Fornells has done well this year. I think dropping him would be harsh, but I think the system for a lair to play well in, and this is what I'm thinking of because he's going to be a forward. It's be- it's better for Ben Rama to be in that team than for now. Yeah, you know, it still remains to be seen that Ben Rama can do it at this level. He looks like an exciting player. He's got a bit of pace about him. He, he's he's you know looking at him in the championship. He's just as creative, if not more so, than Pablo. Yeah. It's again, it's great to have the problem. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to see the end of for now's. But if I see him again, I want to see him in a more central role. Yeah. But where does he go? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, he, he doesn't fit in. He, he's not a Rice or a Suchek, so you wouldn't ever play him in that no. position. And then, you know, yeah, you're right. Where does he go? He doesn't go mm. on the left because we've just argued that he doesn't go on the right. Mm. There isn't in this formation a position for him as such. Yeah. And that's why, you know, going forward... We have to be really clear what our formation is that we want to go forward with, and it seems to be this one. Therefore, any player that you recruit going forward yeah, exactly. needs to be one that can fit into this system. 100%. They shouldn't be someone that, yeah, they're a good player, but they don't technically fit into the formation. You're better off having a player that might not be technically as good or as exciting, but can play a position better than one that's technically better if mm, that makes sense it's mm. what I mean about Alaire like mm. I said Alaire might be the best striker in the world for a team that plays to his strengths but for West Ham and that's who we support and that's who he plays for is he the best striker and the, the jury is massively out on that mm, yeah true Liverpool this weekend we've already touched on it you could argue that it's a good time to play them because we've already said they're missing some key players, all of which seems to be in defence, which is a good thing. However, never an easy place to go. And they are still second in the league, I believe. Is that right? I uh, don't know. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's it going to go? I think we're going to get another draw, you know? Yeah, I, you think I, so? Yeah, I, I, I'm just feeling quite confident about things. Not confident enough to think we'll beat them, but mm. I, I, I can see another scoring draw. I really can. With their defence being as it is likely to be, then we, oh, I think we're there, there to score against. But their attack is so good. You know, Salah, Mane, they can score against anyone. Yeah. So I'm going to go for a, maybe like a one or a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. I mean, my head says we're going to lose. 
But I'm going to follow my heart and say that uh, I think it's going to be a score draw as well. Okay. Again, as usual, there's never a scenario that's going to no, surprise me with no, West Ham. me neither. Most unpredictable team in the world, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, talking of predictions, <laughs> uh, let's have a look at where we are after another week in the West Ham Way sure Premier League Predictions competition. Mate, this is going to be a hard read, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly, I'm having a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, it just goes from fucking worse to worse for me. Yeah. I sit in 260. First place. Uh, my only consolation, only consolation. You're not bottom. Uh, well, okay. There's two consolations. <laughs> One is that I'm not bottom. The second is that I'm six places ahead of Frank McAvenny, who's oh, also right, playing yeah. the game. Oh, okay. So that's something, I suppose. <laughs> Otherwise, there are literally no positives to draw from my experience whatsoever. Annoyingly, X continues to do all right, mm. and you're in 62nd place. Mm, not bad. You was mid-50s, but you've yeah. dropped not as dramatically as me, which yeah. I'm sure you'll take. Yeah. Uh, in terms of fantasy football, how I'm still above X in that league know. blows my mind. I've got, I got 56 points at the weekend. X got 57, leaving a gap of eight points between us. But, mate, fucking hell, did I have a nightmare on Saturday, right? I've got to tell you about this. So I'd had a few drinks on the Friday night, yeah? Yeah. Then on Saturday, I see Antonio scored. Elation, because my team's winning, and Antonio just so happens to be in my dream team. So I've just... Because you do, don't you? Even though you know he's in the dream team, you flick back on the app just to give yourself the satisfaction of seeing his name there, knowing there's going to be some points against it. Checked and he ain't fucking there. Ollie Watkins is there instead. (laughs) Right? And then I've had a flashback, right, from the drunken night before. Listen to how fucked up this is, right? I've seen the the little um, warning sign next to him that it's probable he won't play. But there's a part of my drunken brain that has chosen to ignore the fact that you've already confirmed that he is going to play and made me replace him, even though I knew he was playing. Does that make sense? Yeah, but Antonio did play for you. No, he didn't. He right? did, he's no, there. Listen, listen, right. right? The story gets better. Okay. So I've looked at it and I thought, I can't believe what I've done. I've taken him out of the team knowing full well that he was going to play. But because I'm pissed, I've forgotten the fact that I know he's going to play and I've just replaced him. Madness. So out of anger, I've gone straight back into the app and taken Ollie Watkins out after Antonio has scored and put Antonio back in. But when I've done that, he's then got fucking injured. You can't do that, though. Mate, I'm telling you, that's what I've done. You've still got Antonio in your team, though. Yeah, because I put him back in for Ollie Watkins. What, before the matches had started? No, after Antonio had scored his goal. Do you see what I mean? So, like, mate, I don't understand. How have I been able to swap you him were, back? You you've obviously, your drunkenness is more drunk than you obviously realise because once the deadline's gone, yeah, so the deadline's like, I think, 11 o'clock on the match day or if there's a game on a Friday, it's before that game, right? Whatever the first fixture is of the weekend, yeah, the deadline is is before that game. Yeah. So you can't bring someone in after the deadline's gone, then sell them during the... Because otherwise, I would bring in... Yeah, well, exactly. I'd bring in someone that scored out. So are you saying then that I've got the points for Antonio yes. for that goal? So how... What, so what's, what's going gonna, on then? Because I'm going to happen in? Because you've was done was it there. after... <laughs> Such a car crash. <laughs> Mate, honestly. Because you've done it after the deadline, right? What yeah. you've done is, you've brought in Watkins, yeah? And then he won't have played because it's after the deadline and you've replaced him with Antonio again. 
Yeah. So you've spent. Yeah. So you've. That's spent, right. I've lost points. So you've. I'm spent, bringing back a player. Yeah. That I already had. But, but, but and what, then when I put him back in, he gets injured. Yeah. But but are you say. But how is it possible then that I've taken Ollie Watkins out and put Antonio in because after Antonio had scored? Because basically you missed getting Antonio out the first time. Yeah. For, because of the deadline. Yes. Yes. So he stayed in and kept you those points. Ah, so then after right. the deadline, you've brought in Watkins. And then you've then replaced yeah. him for Antonio. So you spent four points yeah, exactly. putting a player exactly. back in. That's what that's I've done. Now going to probably be injured. It, exactly. That's and what then, I've done. That's what I'm telling you. I've had an absolute nightmare. And this is what made me laugh as well. Like so, you've had a nightmare with your defenders constantly being injured. Every defender you have injured. So you like yeah, you know, took Rudiger out. You brought in. You've had like every time I look, it's a different defender. So I looked to see who your latest one was. So you brought in Laporte from Man City. Shock. Who's injured? So every player you bring in, I've been injured. unlucky there. No, to be mate, fair, what injuries have plagued me. What you need to do is there's a big indicator how to help you on this, right? Which is what you noticed about Antonio. Yes, there's a big exclamation mark. Yeah. And if it's orange or red, red especially means they're definitely not playing. Orange. I don't think I signed him when he was injured. Well, though, you to did because he didn't play. <laughs> no, but I must have signed him when he was fit, and then I, I don't know if I've not taken him out when he got injured. But I wouldn't have signed him if he had the red triangle. Next. Well, well, he did something because he didn't play and he's fit. He's fit for the next... I think he played in Europe the other day or he's certainly fit for the weekend right. now. And and again, you didn't put Chilwell in your team. He was on your fucking bench again. And because, <laughs> La, because Lepore was injured, Chilwell came in again and got six points. This guy, would have, <laughs> this, this guy would have never played for you if your management had not signed really? so many injured players. But so far, he's got you about 36 <laughs> points and you haven't even selected him once. So he's banging on... I didn't even know he's this. He's banging on your door each week going, boss, boss, I've kept you a clean sheet again. Now, nah, third sub, mate, third sub, boss. I scored third sub, mate, third sub. And he comes in every week oh and gets my you God. points. And then, um, and then Vardy was on the bench. Bench, yeah, as your captain again, even though there was massive injury doubts on the bench for Leicester. Sorry, in real life, was on the bench for Leicester. Was he? Yeah, and he was, and he, and he was your captain. I was like, oh my god, he's put he's an injured player as captain, and then the fucker comes on, doesn't he? With like twenty minutes to go, whatever it was, and scored a goal. So then you got fourteen points for him. When really, like, oh, well, that's take... me thinking outside the box. It's not, I it's... thought Vardy's gonna come on at some point, and not... guaranteed he'll score the against Arsenal. Is, manager... I'll keep him a skipper. The, the... I'll take that pun. <laughs> the problem problem is we've got a drunk manager in charge of this team <laughs> so anything is going and it's just an absolute lottery and so and because you are so jammy a lot of these lucky decisions come into play oh, mate, like, I just can't believe how I'm still above you in mate, this yeah, fucking mate, league I mean we're let, just going week six now mate, let's be honest <laughs> let's be honest I'm looking at the league now you are you are eight points ahead of me you've played your triple captain your team is yep. an absolute disaster it is not well, gonna, that's it's, a bit disrespectful. It's not, not going to be lasting much longer. Let's be well, it's six weeks, mate. It I may, mean, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's beginner's luck. There's, and then there, there comes a point where you have to question my skill and acumen as a fantasy football manager. 38 weeks of the season. <laughs> We're in week six. We're not even a sixth of the way through. The points deficit could increase, though, no, mate. mate, mate. Uh, I, would, I would bet anything. I'm more worried <laughs> about not winning the predictions league, even though I'm like 200-odd yeah. points ahead of no. I can't than defend I am, that. Than I yeah. am fantasy football. Yeah. I'm more convinced I'm going to win fantasy football than I am the prediction league because I know in the predictions league, 
three or four good predictions can change it that much mate you're gonna have to do so much to sort your team out i know i don't know if i should get a consultant in or something like maybe that maybe should. maybe i, I think, can get some help from some of the patrons maybe i, I don't know i think, there would be I, think I need some you. help i do think i need some help um not with my drinking <laughs> i mean I picking my fantasy football team honestly i was fuming with that ollie watkins scenario yeah. i still don't really understand what you're saying i've done all i know is i went to check that antonio was definitely there it was Ollie Watkins, so I took him out, put Antonio in. So Maybe you, it didn't say. I don't know. I don't know what's happened. Basically, you'll be able to see it from your next game week score. But what you've done is literally irrelevant to this game week because you did it all after the deadline. So all that ch- change of Ollie Watkins for Antonio hasn't affected this week. It all because you did it after the deadline. So it all come into play for this game week coming up. So you'll start. Oh shit! You'll start so I'm already going to be losing. You'll start points. with minus four points. So technically, oh, no. it's only four points difference between us. Knowing that, so you'll start with minus oh, four, and you'll have Antonio in the team who's likely to oh, not play. No. So you're gonna have to so spend I'm, another few points. So I'm gonna lose another four points if you take transferring him out. Him out. Yeah. Mate, this is such a shit game. It's unbelievable. No, no, it's, it's a shit game. Are complicating it? Mate, they are. You're not meant to be battered when you make your transfer decisions. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and, I'll, and I'll is, learn from and that. And this is why I knew my 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 professionalism would come through. I I don't do no, this. That's massively under question because I, you you can't overtake me in a division when I'm just a shower of shit I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a shambles and I'm, I'm still beating you you're the underdog it's like the cup competition I'm building for the future this isn't a short term project <laughs> this is a this is a, a you know I've got a I've got a whole like strategic strategy happening here where I've got directors of football involved I'm building the whole Red Bull model it's literally coming into play and and there will be a dominance of this when do you predict that dominance this season I'll win this season yeah down. but what game week are we talking because uh, I reckon give seven me in, two we? more weeks. Two more weeks, and, and then be, we'll, your I'll dominance will start to yeah, prevail. And I won't fall back. Okay, well, look, there is a post open to be my fantasy football consultant. So sure if any of the fair, patrons, I... well, I mean, well, you're not threatened by that, are you? Well, I'm, it depends who you appoint. I don't know who you're going to appoint. Now. Well, it's, yeah, but see, it could work the other way, couldn't it? Because it could be an absolute lottery. It might be someone that talks a good game, but knows as much as I do about fantasy football. Yeah, well, no, I think you're going to get someone with clout signing up. Yeah. People take this game. So you saying seriously. that this isn't allowed then? Uh, it's not me for you then. Is to it? be fair, I could get the consultancy without telling you, couldn't I? You I don't know why do. I've even mentioned yeah, it. Exactly. To I shot I myself in the face massively. There. And to... now, if I do smash it through actual management acumen, you're just going to say, right, yeah, who's, see, who's the ringer see, in the background? So your... now I've fucked it for exactly. myself. Not now, only is your management disaster, your PR's disaster. <laughs> <laughs> the, cl- the club is a shambles. It's like the like, Titanic, really, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It is oh a shambles. Oh, my God. It wouldn't be as bad if I was doing well in the predictions, but I'm, I'm just all over the place at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely all over the place. Right, okay, it's that time again. Have you got anything for us this week? A little bit. So it was um, talked about on Clara and Hugh that we wanted to sign a Czech defender um, who um, we didn't end up signing in the end. Um, I did mention the fact we wanted to sign a Czech defender previously. Um, his name is Mikhail Friedrich and he ended up moving to Polish side 
um, Vislia Krakauer for 750000 and it was someone that we wanted to sign and we did put a late bid in for him um, on the on a towards the end of the window um but we just we were too late with that one um and they've also reported that we want to sign a check forward now i'm not sure how true that is but what i do know is that david sullivan now loves check players i, I said that last week didn't yeah, i and yeah. i find it i understand why he likes them because obviously sue check and she have proven to be great signings he likes dealing with check clubs as well apparently they're more compliant, I guess is the right word, but just to generalise, a whole nation based on two players, yeah. I just find so shocking. It's like when, when they're typically cheap as well. Right, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. They're cheap and they they work hard. Maybe mm. if you if you get a stereotype, it's like when the whole African mayhem that came out of yeah. the club. You know, we wrote off a whole <laughs> continent based on a few players. You know, like and and if you look at the countries in Africa, if you compare say Egypt to Ghana to Democratic Republic of Congo to South Africa yeah. you know they're all very to Madagascar yeah. they're all very very different countries <laughs> yeah. so to generalize a whole continent based upon a few players is ridiculous and I think whilst the Czech Republic is a smaller geographical region containing less inhabitants it's still a massive generalisation to yeah, yeah. judge the success of signing players. I'd love to know in David Sullivan's head if you was to put a map of the world up and say, right, where do you get good players from? <laughs> It'd just be so interesting to know which countries yeah. meet the good criteria and which ones don't. Because, yeah. you know, I think I seem to remember. I think he'd just tell you to ask Will Sorthouse. Yeah, probably, yeah. But I remember when we were linked with a forward called uh, Chalov, who I think... Um, had scored a few goals in the Champions League. I think he still plays for a decent team. He's still highly rated. And I remember the word that came out of the club was that he doesn't think Russian players do well in the Premier League. Mm. Russia, mm. geographically, is the biggest country in the world. Yeah. So, like, you know, like what do, how, you, you just can't do that. What, do you, what does he make of Chinese players? China has got the world's most densely populated, um, you know, most densely populated country. It's just, it's yeah. a strange strategy but if it works and we get a decent check forward as well then so be it I'll take it um, other players that um, could be uh, players that we look to sign in January now I did a little teaser on Twitter before I got here but is um, Lundstram of Sheffield United he's just turned down a new deal at Sheffield United his contract is up in the summer he is someone that we've looked at before box to box midfielder he was at Everton with David Moyes I don't think he played under David Moyes because he was young and I don't think he'd established himself by the time Moyes left I don't think he ever established himself at Everton in fairness but Moyes knows about him as does Irvine and I think there will be a potential move for him in January um, so there's a lot of ifs and buts until then but it wouldn't surprise me because I know he's been on the radar other players that have been on the radar whose contracts are up in um, in the summer who we could potentially move for in January are uh, Musa Morega he's a port, uh, striker at Porto yep. um, we've been heavily linked with him for years mm. his contract's up you know so if Antonio it does continue to be injured that could be an option um, I mean I think he'd be you'd have to pay quite a bit because I think there'd be a lot of clubs interested in him obviously Porto 
a decent side so to get him out of there is going to be tough Nikola Maksikovic is a centre back at Napoli who he also tried to sign this summer his contract is up in the summer so we might go in for him Joshua King again another player that we looked at recently um as a centre-back at Torino, called Nicholas Nkulo, who he'd also been interested in in the past. Steve Cook of Bournemouth, Will Salthouse player. Again, someone we've looked at out of contract in the summer. And a guy called Junio, um, Janino, sorry, Bakuna of Huddersfield is another midfielder that's out of contracts that we could be looking at. Now, there are no moves for these players at this point. Lundstram, I expect there probably will be a move at some point soon. But these are potential players that wouldn't surprise me if we made a move for in January. Um, speaking of Porto, Anderson um, is obviously on loan there. And I don't know if you saw, but his manager came out in the press the other day and said he really needs to work harder before I'm going to start playing him. Wow. Now, that's obviously a follow-on from what Moyes had thought and uh, no disrespect to the Portuguese league I would have thought that standard of play and in the sense that I would say it's not as um I don't know fast paced and uh maybe as what's the word I'm looking for like intense intense yeah it's more it's better for technical players like Anderson mm. I would say and he's still not putting in the required effort over there is alarming mm. and also means that his loan, unless he gets into Porto's team soon, is going to be no real benefit to West Ham no. because it take the player away from the club so we can't select him and he's not improving his value or his worth there because he's not playing. So it's a worry. Well, as it stands, it's probably decreasing his value. Probably, yeah. Um, so um, the academy... The academy are having a COVID circuit break at the moment where they're not going in to work or into any training sessions or anything for two weeks because a number of their players had tested positive for COVID um, in, in recent weeks and staff as well. So in order to try and prevent further infections, they're having a break for a couple of weeks there. Um Moving on to new contracts. Talking about contracts, I mentioned last week that we'd be looking at David Moyes and giving him a new contract. I think the club are looking at it, but they want to just wait a bit longer to see whether this current form is not a flash in the pan Mm. and actually that it is something that he's going to sustain. So I don't think a contract offer will come in the next few weeks, but, but probably more likely in January time when we know how well this season's going because they don't want to offer him a new deal and then for us to be in a relegation battle again mm. um, injuries now the Antonio one's a very difficult one to talk about because um, the club I think don't want it to be known what the actual state of play is with him because Obviously, he's so crucial to our style of play that any knowledge of whether he's fit or not is of benefit to the opposition. Now, without saying too much, I have already tweeted this. The word that came to me after the initial scan, like Moyes said that he thought in his interview after the game that it wasn't anything to worry about. I've been told that it was something to worry about and that he will be out for a period of games. Um, And I've had this also confirmed by another source, but it could, but it's not been confirmed officially by the club. The club have not officially said that Antonio is out. It's, it's, I think, um, a tactic maybe to 
not give the opposition a clue as to whether he is or not. So he could be fit, he could be. But if you was to ask me to put a bet on it, I would say that he isn't fit. But I'm not the medical man. I don't know for certain. And the club obviously want the opposition to keep guessing. So I'm putting it on record here. Firstly... No, none of the West Ham accounts should really tweet out what I'm saying about Antonio's injury here because I am speculating. I'm not saying factually that he is out for a period of time. However, I would be very surprised if he's fit for Liverpool. Um, And the good thing is, though, there is an international break coming in a few weeks' time, which I think Mm. might help him out. I don't know the full extent of his injury. I'm led to believe it's a hamstring grade two, but I don't know for certain. I don't know factually. I don't know what the club want to do with this bits of news. But as I said, my feeling is that he will be out for a period of time. And I think I'm not breaking any leaking stuff there because I think that feeling is the feeling of everyone, really. I don't think there's anyone there that's turning around and saying Antonio's going to be fit. Um, so I don't think I'm saying anything I shouldn't be saying here. But um, the extent What does a period of time look like? Can you say? I'd, I'd rather not say because I think that's the thing that the club are trying to keep quiet. Right. Um but it's going to be, in my opinion, a big enough time for... Um, no, I'm not going to comment, so that gives too much away. Um, okay. But I think the club don't want the oppositions to know. But So it'll be interesting to see what Moyes says in his interview, his press conference. You never know, the club might have pulled an absolute fast one here and he might be fully fit. He might be, and but I would be very surprised if he is. Mm. Which is worrying. And I would urge the West Ham accounts not to tweet that out. But yeah, they will, but, but they I'd, probably will anyway. Yeah, I'd urge them not to. Okay. it's not factual. That's where's such a shame. Because everything else I say is factual. Yeah. Whereas that isn't factual. That's yeah. based upon feelings of people, but not people that are directly related to it. Yeah. So it's kind of educated speculation, if there is yes. such a thing. yes. Okay, mate. Uh, such a shame with Antonio, isn't it? I mean, we're, always going to happen, though. Always. Yeah, I know. Everyone yeah, but but then again, that's why. As much as I love Mick, I think he's chancing his arm, aiming for a four or five year contract. I know. I know. Because if he's getting these problems now yeah. at the age of thirty, well, what's it going to be like at 33, 34? I know. I know. Oh, such a shame such yeah. a shame anyway Q Hilaire and 20 goals this season eh? well let's hope so mate and I, <laughs> honestly I'll eat my hat if he does that I, I will look at like I said I've never been his biggest critic I think he's overplayed how much I criticise him I just find it surprising that West Ham fans will defend a 45 million pound player as much as they have and I hope I hope that he is given the service that everyone says he needs and he scores loads of goals. As I said, I've been more impressed with him this season than I was last and I hope that we can provide that for him. Antonio is scoring goals, so the service is obviously there for the right person. Mm. Well, this is his time to give us the answer. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Thank you, mate. Welcome back to the final part of the show where we answer questions from patrons of the West Ham Way and I've selected a handful to read out. This one's coming from Edgeware Bubbles. Apparently Moyes is clamping down on leaks. How will this affect you, X? Um, it affects me on a, on a, what's the word? A guilt 
basis. Like I feel bad if I put something out there because he doesn't want it to go out there. Hence the Antonio news. Like mm. I'm, I do no more than I'm letting on, but I'm choosing to be a bit coy with it because of the fact that this stuff has got out. That said, I think he's mainly talking about the chairman. He's mainly talking about um, how um, they leak things like um, the Ben Harama blood situation that was something that they put out there um i think he's talking about the chairman i think he's talking about how they always reveal stuff on interviews to jim white i don't think he's talking about the likes of me and other itks because we're not official i think he's mainly talking about the chairman um and i am very tactical with what i put out so Mm. um i think it's um it is. It won't affect me. My sources are still my sources. As I've always said, if I wanted to, I could get as much information out of this club as I wanted to, and I can put it out there. But I do respect the fact that it's not always seen as professional. And also, if that is what Moyes is saying, then I will respect it to a degree in the sense that I won't say things that he specifically has not wanted to. But as I said... I think it's more aimed at the chairman than at the likes of me. Mm, fair enough. This is from Paul Holdstock. Does Dave back Moyes? I think if the players back him so much, we should have faith in David for the next three years. And a comment followed that from David Stribling saying, Yeah, Dave, get off that fence. You can't just say, let's see what happens at the end of the season. Take a deep breath and get behind the manager. Um, look, I, I mean, I like to think that I'm not a fickle football fan. And there are a lot of fickle football fans out there, not just with West Ham, but with every club. Um, I think a lot of fans, I saw a lot of fans, were calling for David Moyeshead after the Newcastle game. Because they thought, right, okay, this is it. Same old shit. Let's get rid of him. He ain't the man for West Ham. Then four or five games later, we've turned out some great performances. And suddenly, he warrants getting a three-year contract. Now, I'm not saying I disagree with that. As the weeks go on, I'm getting more and more confidence restored in me for David Moyes. And I would love to have a British manager at West Ham for years to come. I really would. But am I going to say definitively, right, let's invest our future in David Moyes now, you know, after four or five good games, I'm reluctant to. It's more than four and five though, isn't it? Because it's the end of last season. Yeah, you, you could argue that. To be fair, no, you could argue that. That is a good point. Um, I am getting there with David Moyes and I, I have given him credit on this show. I think every time we've reviewed a game, we praise David Moyes for the fact that he's got a system that works now. He's finally um, understood what his best 11 is and his recruitment's been decent. So, listen, there's a lot going for him. But at the same time, I don't want to say, yeah, right, I'm fully behind him 100% and then we go and lose the next five games and everyone's got the arse and we're back to square one again. The players love him. I mean, I didn't say it in my section, but they're all calling for him to get a new contract. Yeah, and, and listen, that goes a hell of a long way. And you can't be a West Ham fan at the moment and say anything negative about the way David Moyes is managing a football club. And I'm not going to at the moment. But I just want to reserve judgment, probably at least until we're halfway through the season, to really and truly get a gauge of how well he's doing. I also fully understand the fact that he's working for 
owners of this football club that ain't giving him the right tools to be the best that he can be. So I'm taking that into account as well. Am I happy with David Moyes at West Ham? At the moment, I'm very, very happy. Very happy. So could the term fancy pews be known as an affectionate term? <laughs> oh, it's a term yeah, of affection. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I always thought it was a negative. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was then, but it's not now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're going to say affectionate? No, listen, I'm sure um, the owner's call him that when they go over the pre-match meal I don't know do you reckon yeah reckon quite possibly yeah uh, yeah maybe yeah maybe yeah might get a bit odd though if you start saying hey fans of pubes <laughs> like what tactics are we playing this week <laughs> yeah. it doesn't seem yeah right. imagine Declan putting his hand up yeah fan of pubes <laughs> um, <laughs> Liverpool Saturday <laughs> <laughs> I think they I'd think he'd like, oh, if that was me, I think they were taking the piss out of me if they did that. So I'm not sure it would ever be. Used. I mean, maybe we can come to an agreement where if he continues to do well, we can just call him Gaffer. Yeah, maybe. Or could you have like a more affectionate reference to fans? So like Tango Man or something. Oh, okay, yeah, Tango Man. Yeah, yeah arguably still a little bit disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Um, not sure uh, listen, it, it, yeah, if we end up in another relegation scrap this season, it'd be called a lot worse than that. Don't yeah, worry about that. But, but no, I can't see it. I can't see it. it. At the moment, he's doing a good job. And, and, and I'm sorry if my kind of analysis of him comes across like I might have an agenda against him or I want him out. There has been times during his management where I really, really didn't see him having a future at West Ham. I thought we deserved better as a football club, to be quite honest. Having said that, as it stands, he is 1 million percent proving me wrong. And I'm loving the fact that he's proving me wrong. But I'm just saying, yes, there was a talent of last season, which was great. Disaster against Newcastle, but we'll brush that under the carpet because we've been so good since then. For me personally, and everyone's different, I would like to get to the halfway point in the season before I make a a, a proper judgment. Do you know something that I think has been important as well is the recruitment of the staff, the backroom staff. Yes, yeah, in. good point. And something I actually forgot to say to my in my section. So this will be interesting to see how many of the uh, West Ham news accounts actually listen beyond my section now. Yeah, this is a bit of news that I forgot yeah. to say in that section, and uh, it's coming now. But you know, Nevin, the coach there. Um, yeah, he actually had an offer from Chris Hewton at Knotts Forest to go and be there, uh, his assistant or his coach there. Uh, I think it was assistant, and he turned it down. So he wants to stay at West Ham because of the um, the way the club feels and the direction it feels that he feels that the club's going in. And I think the recruitment of the staff is another strength of Moyes. And also, he seems to have a better strategy as to which players he wants to sign. Mm. You know, he signed Bowen, he signed Suchek, he signed Shafal, he signed Randolph. So, players mm. that seem to be a bit more maybe committed to playing for this club and a bit more... Um, likely to fit into our systems. Mm. So mm. I think you, that is a massive strength. Yeah. And do you know what? When we've spoke about the tagline of Divering Dave in the past, yeah. we've always kind of referenced it as a point of frustration. Maybe that's a positive. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing that he has in his locker. Yeah. The fact that he won't just take the first name that's given to him by the owners. He will take time to think about whether that player fits into what he's trying to do at West Ham. So, no, listen, credit where credit's due. You, you'll hear nothing negative from me in relation to David Moyes with the way that we're playing at the moment. We're playing exciting football. Everything makes sense. The players obviously respect him. The recruitment's been good. He's brought in some really good players. What more can you ask for other than some consistency yeah. with these things going well? Because if we have some fantastic results, but we finish 14th, 15th, 
I'm still going to want a new football manager at West Ham. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's just the yeah. way it is. Uh, what you have to take into account, though, the budget he's been given. I mean, he's basically spent, well, if you include Suchek, what, about, was it 15 million for him, roughly? I can't remember for Bowen now off the top of my head. Was it about 18 for him? So that's 33 about six or five, let's say for Suchek, that's 38. Uh, sorry, for Shafal, that's 38. About two ish for Randolph, that's 40 million. Mm. He's been given over two windows now, mm-hmm. and he's he's done well with that money. He has, he has done very well with that money, actually. However, he has also inherited what I've always said is a top team side. Yes. The squad is light. We've said that. If we get injuries and he's got no one to turn to, that's on the board. If he's got a fully fit squad, which is, as we know, (laughs) unrealistic at West Ham, and he's not getting results, that's on him. But, you know, we've got to stop talking about David Moyes. Whilst there are frustrations with what he has or hasn't been given by the ball financially, there is also an argument to say, in terms of that starting eleven, if they're fully fit, they should be challenging for a top 10 spot and now for the first time in either of his managerial periods at West Ham he is achieving it as it stands now I would like to see him finish up achieving that at the end of the season if he does then there's a very 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 good shout that he is a man for West Ham for years to come especially if he gets investment given to him because then what could he achieve but at the moment it's not as if we're a newly promoted side with bang average players and he's been given £40 million to spend and he's expected to work a miracle. He is doing what I believe he should be doing as manager of West Ham because we've got some very, very good players. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not understating what he's achieving with that group and how much they like him, they respect him and how much they're playing for him because that is... That's a skill in management that not every manager has. So I'm not taking credit away from him. At the same time, that they're a good group of players. And yeah. he should be achieving what he's achieving, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. You know, that's just how I see it. And I hope that doesn't come across as negative towards him, because I'm saying he's doing a very good job. This is from Jack Davies. What is the greatest goal you've seen live, regardless of the match situation? He said, mine was the first ever game at Upton Park. Uh, Trevor Sinclair overhead kick against Derby on Boxing Day. Great show, lads. <laughs> we meant the first ever game at Upton Park. Full stop, not his. <laughs> I say, he's how, getting on a bit now. Say, how old is this fella? <laughs> his um, first game. Yeah. Sorry, just to correct that. Um, well, it's the obvious answer for me is to Canyon. Yeah, well, I, was it, that that I, game. I can't look past and, that. And my honest. seat, where I my season ticket at Upton Park, I'd have been in line with where um, Sinclair pinged the ball yep. over from. So I was, you know, I, I can still remember. I can still remember it now. Mm, okay. I was just jumping up and saying to my dad, like that is an unbelievable. Yeah, goal. What? yeah. And there was just if you listen to the crowd after that goal. It's almost like, oh my God. Yes, like, it's like a split just, second shot. Yeah, has that just happened? 100%. Like, wow. Um, so that's got to be up there. I was at the Tottenham away when Morrison scored. Yeah. I was at the one where Obiang scored. Yeah, um, yeah. I was at the yeah, one great where goals. Ian Pearce scored. Goals. I was at the one where Steve yeah. Jones scored. Um, I was, uh, what else have I seen? Um, there's so many. You know, Julian, mm. some of Julian Dix's long rangers. Well, this one against Man City sticks out in yeah, my mind. It flew goal. into the top corner. Yeah, I think uh, though the goal he talks about from Sinclair is amazing. You know, that's yeah, a brilliant yeah. goal. I was at Andy Carroll's one. Yeah. Against Crystal Palace. Yeah. 
I was uh, at the Working Man's Club and he scored were, that. I remember. Yeah. I remember like texting you and going, my God, yeah. what a goal. Yeah. What, who did we have a, as a guest that day? Was it, was it, was oh, it I can't Nancy remember. Because uh, you stayed at the Working remember. Man's Club and yeah. I went to it and I remember texting you whilst and you were watching it with the player that we'd had. Yeah, it wasn't McAvenny, was it? No. No, because that was the first one. I can't remember, mate, to be honest. No, I was no, probably I mean, pissed out of my fucking head at the time. I was doing a fancy football <laughs> as well. Um, um, yeah, no, I, there's been so many, but I think it's got to be that like Canio one. I, I, can't, I can't think of any that even really, you know, come close to that as such. I mean, Canio against Arsenal was a good goal. No, he flicked mm. it over Keogh. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Everyone. It yeah. Was, um, that was really good. There's been a lot, but it's got to be that one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd do well to beat that, to be honest, the Canio volley. It's up there as one-off, and some say the greatest Premier League goal of all time. Yeah. It, was, it was a special, special moment there. Tim Hunt says, and you might have covered this in your section, to be honest with you, with Antonio's injury and the history with his hamstrings, do you think we'll go back in for King in January? Uh, I would think so, yeah. I think it's too much of a gamble. It may not be King necessarily, but I think we will go for a forward. Um, it's just too much of a gamble having him with his hamstrings like this. I think we have to have at least three forwards that mm. we're prepared to play. Um, so if you include Antonio Allaire, there needs to be one other. And if King's contract's up in this in the summer, you might be able to get him quite cheap and he can play on the wing. I think King's got a bit of an injury record as well, that said. But um, I think he'd be the one I went for. Mm. Jack Mitchell says, The show has improved since you left Phoenix FM. However, the only thing I miss are the guests choosing a song to play in between segments. Yeah. Uh, we could listen to a variety of music, i.e. hardcore rap from the Ribman. <laughs> Do yeah. you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Or reggae from Zavon Hines. Is there any chance of bringing this back? Um, no, there isn't any chance, because as much as we enjoyed it, didn't we? Yeah, it was good fun. It, it, Apart it, from when I chose my favourite Christmas song. Yeah, that went down like a shit sandwich, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, rightfully so, mate, to no, be fair. So you should no, have done. No, no, favourite no. Christmas song, and you choose Bo Selector at Christmas. <laughs> it's because it's... Shocking. I actually... Find Christmas songs really irritating. Whereas that one, uh, that's that, mate, that's up there, that, surely. That, no, that's quite catchy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it really isn't. Um, yeah, no, it's it's purely a copyrighting issue. It's as simple as that. Whilst we're on Phoenix FM, obviously they're covered for licenses to play music, and obviously a harsh lesson that we learned uh, was that we tried to play a bit of music when we went on our own. But then someone quickly grasped us up yeah. for playing uh, the Beatles, Twist and Shout. Uh, to this day, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Yeah, I but think we do, yeah. The person will remain nameless. Uh, and yeah, we got our asses smacked, so we got threatened with all sorts. So, the funny um, thing we had is, to stop we, had, it. we had the Beatles after us, and we had DMX for a little podcast that uh, was being recorded in your bedroom. Yeah, you yeah, know, I know. Stortford, yeah, uh, yeah. And we were pretty had, big players yeah, that were coming to for have us. The Beatles there. and DMX after us was, uh, yeah. was a unique yeah. experience. Yeah, but, but obviously, uh, you know, you would have noticed that X has lost his intro and we've yeah. lost a show intro uh, by the Cockney Rejects because it even goes deeper than that. You know, we know Jeff pretty well from the Cockney Rejects and he said, look, you know, I, I recorded the fucking song. You can have it. It's no problem. But it's, it's the people that sit behind it. It's the distribution and there's a whole big can of worms of it. So we've been fortunate enough to have some very good people listen to this podcast, one of which produces music. He produces uh, X's intro now. It's a very uh, different um, vibe it, yeah, to the it previous one. It is very different, but very good, very catchy yeah. as well. And then um, I've just bought a couple of copyright 
songs from um, a website. This is from Brooke Longhurst. Would you rather fight one ginger pele sized chicken or ten chicken sized ginger pele's? <laughs> So would you rather fight one ginger pele sized chicken? One ginger right, yeah, okay. Or ten chicken sized ginger pele's? I mean I'd rather take the ten on. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like I could just boot them all yeah, away. Yeah. Whereas like a, a potentially would get overrun by the other nine while she put in the boot in. No, but I think if you did it well, like quick kicks like kung fu stuff. Yeah. You might be Go more right. of a sort of sweeping karate yeah. action to knock them all out. Yeah, whereas a ginger pele sized chicken, was that the first one? Yeah, stuff a nightmare, is that, ginger isn't it? Ginger pele sized chicken. Right, yeah. So a chicken, that's the size of, that's the size of ginger yeah, pele. That's going to be vicious, isn't it? That could it? be nasty, that, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm picturing like a huge beak on it. And yeah. Massive claws and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Could like be nasty. That. I think, yeah, I think it's got to be the little ones. Yeah. I, feel, I always feel like... You can take little ones, like, yeah. Like sort of, and I know that's something like you get you, small man syndrome, and I, you know, I'm not exactly a tall lad myself. But the chickens, I always feel like you can just kick them and they'd fly away. Yeah. Even if they were ginger pele. Uh, this is from Darren Rayo. You've previously Ooh. mentioned that David Moyes doesn't rate Hilaire. Does Hilaire know this? And if so, how has he taken it? <laughs> is he trying to prove Moyes wrong? Does he want to leave, or is he happy to sit and see out his contract? What do you think of him? Well, we know what you think of him. You fucking hate him. Oh, shut up. Um, I think he's got potential, as we've already covered. But does he know the situation? I think he must do. The fact that he's stuck on the bench and he'd rather play a winger up front over him. And even against uh, Man City, he played Bowen and Yarmolenko up front as opposed to bringing on Alaire originally. Yeah. So he must know. You don't have to be a detective to work it out um, he's probably frustrated at it probably thinks Moyes is a bit shit and doesn't know what he's doing at the end of the day I think he'll want to prove him wrong any professional surely would regardless of what you think of the club um, so yeah I think that's the situation really I think he knows that he's got a lot to do to convince the manager and the fan base I would imagine half the fan base there's a real split on Hilaire you can Go on Twitter and you're guaranteed whatever you say about Alaire, you'll have half tell you he's lazy, rubbish, not interested, not good enough. And you'll have the other half saying he's not got the service, people don't understand him, mm. he does more than people realise. I think he's a real, real marmite of a player. Mm. You'll love him or you hate him type thing. So mm. I, it's, I just don't think there's a better time for him now to prove his worth than now. Mm. Ed Holmes says, after seeing the 10,000th article from Jack Wilshire about his departure from West Ham, yeah. can X back up any of his claims that he was fit and not picked? I find it hard to see him mug off the club when he earned in excess of 100 grand a week. Spot on, Ed. Um, I think probably there were games that he was fit to play in towards like recent games that he wasn't selected for. I remember one of the cup games, I think where he was on the bench or not selected. Might have been the Everton one from memory. And I remember a couple of players saying to me, why the hell has he not played Wilshire in this game? He's a really good player. And I know the players rated him in the training ground and thought he was technically the best player. Um, I remember he did an article, um, or he made a comment, one of the ones he's probably referring to, where he said... Um, 
So it was, I think he was actually talking about Otzil, but it came out that he might have been talking about himself, that all players want to play. And then he said, especially when you're the best ones. So it was it was hard to know whether he was talking about himself or whether he was talking about Otzil. But um, during that time, a, a couple of the players said to me, when I said, fucking hell, he needs to, like... Rain it in a bit. They said, but he's right. He was one of the best players and he never got picked. So I think there was an element of truth. But the fact that he's implying that he was um, fit for like 18 months or whatever is just not true. Uh, eight months or nine months, whatever it was. Mm. I'm sure, he's having a laugh, I'm sure he? during that time he did videos saying nearly fit, ready to go yeah. soon. And he wouldn't have done that if he wasn't injured. So yeah. I think he's... I think he's kind of trying to make himself seem healthier than he is because he constantly refers to the fact that he's only 28 as well. Yeah. So it's almost like he's marketing himself. That's right. So yeah, That's I right. Don't no take his head though, true. are there? Uh, not yet. I mean, Rangers looked at him, Celtic, I think, some clubs in the MLS, but he's never going to He's never going to. It's a different level for a start, exactly. isn't it? He's you know, if gonna... he's as good as he says he is, he's still got that much to offer. Why are Premier League clubs not interested? Exactly. He's not even will. getting any championship offers. Well, it's because of his injuries, isn't it? The yeah. ones that he denies. But basically, he hasn't really played consistently, even when he was at Arsenal and getting in the England team. He still had injuries then. Mm. He's just not. He's just not got the body of no, the hasn't. player he was. He's taking bad apple, if you ask me. I'm pleased to see the back I of him. I do think that's a little bit harsh. because I don't, I don't. I don't think he deliberately didn't play. He wanted to play for West Ham. So when you say he's a piss-taking bad apple, I do think that is probably a bit harsh because he didn't choose to not play for West Ham. He wanted to play for West Ham. He didn't choose to get 100000 pounds a week he was offered that and any one of us well would take... i'm sure he would have demanded that yeah but if he it's our fault for paying it then yeah I'll, I'll, can, I'll make you right you but this get... supposed west ham fan now oh, let's turn up in the back of a taxi rallying dickens to try and get the hearts of west ham fans you know given the fact and it, it is the club's fault don't get me wrong we should never have signed the deal when it's a benefit of hindsight but you claim to be a west ham fan potentially your dream come true to play for a club that you supported as a boy and yet you're demanding a hundred thousand pound a week with your injury record. You know, yes, he was on a free but transfer. Mate, everyone would have done that. Yeah, but maybe so. But then, do you know what? If I'm Jack Wilshere and my agent has pulled off a miracle and got me a hundred thousand pound a week with my fucking track record of injuries, which is incredible. At the very least, at the end of earning a hundred thousand pound a week at West Ham, giving nothing in return. I would I would keep my head down and I would yeah, keep my mouth I shut. He slagged the, the owners off. He's had pops at David Moyes. He's got the arrogance to say that he was the best player at the club if we're assuming that is what he meant. Fuck off. 100 grand a week for what? Nothing. And now you can't even get another Premier League club look at you or a championship club. Your best option's fucking Scotland. Who gives a shit what, what that's all about? A two-team league. And MLS, who, fuck me, I don't even know who the teams are in that division. So, you know, I would say good luck to him, but I don't wish him any luck I just hope he enjoys his retirement fund that West Ham have fucking paid for for nothing in return so I think he is a bad apple actually I think the only good he done was make a few of the players laugh with some of them stupid fucking prank videos that he was coming out with he done nothing for West Ham other than creamed it off us for fucking two years or however long he's been here for yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. I do agree with the comments that he needs to just keep quiet. You're right. He just needs to get on with it. I do think it is harsh just to imply that he turned up for a holiday 
Cam. I think if you'd spoke to Jack Wilshire, he must have known his physical capabilities, mate. He must have known he weren't going to play. Well, maybe, but the way he's speaking now, maybe he's deluded and doesn't think that because he still thinks he's good enough to be a top player for a top team. So mm. maybe he's just not accepted it. But at the end of the day, obviously, we're all massive West Ham fans. Well, so is he, apparently. Well, you, well, this is what I'm saying. But still, mate. You know, as much as we may love the club and the listeners love the club and so on, if the club offer you a hundred grand a week and you know that maybe you're not good enough, maybe I'm wrong, but I think there'd be very few people out there that would say, uh, do you know what? I'm not the player I used to be. You're wrong to offer me that. I should take 30 grand a week. I mean, realistically, who's actually going to do that? Yeah, no, no I'll make you right. I mean, that. but again, it is the benefit of hindsight because it's a deal that the, the club never should have done. Yeah, it's our fault. We shouldn't have said anyway. I can't. I can't imagine we've gone straight in with Jack. Will you take hundred grand a week? We probably we probably suggested a pay as you play to start with some kind of deal because he's, he's with no club. Yeah, and as it transpired, he's with no club now. Yeah, and but, there is no interest now. Yeah, but that's like I said, that's not his fault. No, it's it's not his fault, but then I don't know. For me, if I'm Jack Wilshere, and, and I'm trying to be realistic with this now as well, if I'm Jack Wilshere and I claim to be a West Ham fan and, and I know my physical capabilities and what my restrictions are, and I know that after not really putting up any trees at Bournemouth, um, I've only got one option, which is West Ham. I've earned enough money in my career to say, do you know what, let's do 50 and 50. If I play 50 grand, I if I don't... don't think you would. I'm sorry, I don't mean to well, take your integrity out of that, mate, but when you've got a family to support... Oh, fucking, how much support do they no, need? No, all right. He's okay. a fucking multi-millionaire. Yeah, okay, mate, listen. When, but you've still... You've still like got a short career then yeah perfectively he could have known his career was over at 25 yeah so he if he's suddenly offered a hundred thousand pounds a week to take that well he's negotiated it hasn't he right, he's negotiated whatever the case is i honestly don't think there's many people out there and i maybe i'm wrong but particularly footballers that would turn around and say oh, do you know what i love west ham half it give me 50 grand a week I just don't think anyone would do no, that no, and, I, and, and think about uh, put it into perspective now and I know it's slightly different because we're not playing for our football clubs so it's a different scenario but if I was to be offered a job uh, 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 a place of work and I didn't think I was up to the job I wouldn't say to them no I'm not sure I'm really up to it give me half that money I'll take as much money as I could get out of it and I think and as much as this might make me sound a wanker I question anyone out there to genuinely hand on heart say that they would offer to take a half pay wage on a job that they didn't think they were up to because probably he thinks he's up to it anyway so it's not like he's no because the way he's talking now he obviously thought he, he did deserve it so to then turn around and say actually do you know what I'll take half of it I just don't think anyone well would do I, I mean maybe we just see it differently maybe I just live in a fantasy land with this kind of stuff I, I just think but mate look at your previous job yeah to make it related yeah but to I'm you. not a multi-millionaire mate yeah but if I was a multi-millionaire if I won the lottery right and I, and I didn't need money. Yeah, obviously, I want to get paid, but I didn't need money. And there's a job there that a friend owns the business. And he could really do with my expertise. I'm not going to fucking charge him shitloads of money for it. You know, if, if that job typically would be 100 grand a year and he's my mate, I'd say, all right, do it for 50,000, 60,000. Yeah. You know, and, and we're trying to swap this over to Jack Wilshire allegedly being this fucking West Ham fan that he sold us all on when he joined the club. I just think Jack Wilshire 
knows his body better than anyone. You can say he might be deluded and he's he's putting out, you know, what a fucking fantastic player he thinks he still is and what he can achieve at the age of 28. He knows his own body and he knows what the key parts are of his, in his body that could end his career in an instant. Luckily for him, he's already made a shitload of money in football and he's a multi-millionaire. So he doesn't really need that final payday difference of 50 grand to 100 grand a week, in my opinion. But he consciously, along with his agent, angled that deal for West Ham, in my opinion, knowing he ain't going to play that much. And he's given nothing in return to the football club. On that, you could argue, all right, what he wants to play, he got injured, fair enough. But to then at the end of it, be disrespectful to the football yeah, club, the Spedger and the manager and the players. Yes, that, For me, that constitutes a bit of a bad apple that I couldn't wait okay, to get rid that of. That bit I do agree with. I think he needs to just shut up and get on yeah. with it. I do agree with that bit. But again, you say that he's a multi-millionaire and so he doesn't need the money, but he might be a multi-millionaire at 26, you know, with a high mortgage because he thought he was going to be playing to his 35 or whatever. He, so he might have a mortgage that he's got to pay that does require a lot of money because he's got a big house, which, you know, oh, poor Jack Wilshire or whatever. But he's, you know, you, you're saying, uh, if I was a multi-multi-millionaire, I'd go and help my mate out for half the money. You might know in your head at that point that your life is sorted with the money that you've got, but you don't you don't know what sort of, what finances he's having to pay out or whatever. Mm. You don't know, like, what, what whether he might not ever get a job again. So he might be rich now, but he's got to make that money last for, 50 odd years so I think 60 odd years I think you I think you can't you can't I think 100 grand a week for how many years now goes a long way yeah it does mate don't get me wrong I mean I'm not judging his financial situation maybe he's broke maybe he's got a gambling issue and financially he's fucked I doubt it I he reckon he's more, set up mate, for life. He earns more in a week, probably, than me and you put together in a year. Yes, what, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, it is like it is completely ridiculous when you think of it like that. I just, I just find it hard to criticise someone for the money they've earned. I, I, I understand if he'd taken the money and refused to train and refused to play, and you know that. Then yes, you could say, look, he's being paid hundred grand a week and he's refusing to play. Yes, you can say he's a bad apple. That's wrong. That's really out of order. I th- he wanted to play for West Ham. Whether he physically could or couldn't is a different uh, question. He wanted to play for West Ham. He wanted to join West Ham. He got given a salary that West Ham thought was justified of his ability. He, if West Ham didn't think it, they wouldn't have paid it. But they thought his ability deserves this money. So I don't think you can judge him on that wage. You can judge him afterwards. I agree on the conduct. He should turn around. If he turned around and said, look, I earned a lot of money at West Ham. I'm gutted I didn't get to deliver as I should have done and I wanted to do, um, yeah, it's a real regret because I supported the club, then that would be fine. I agree. He needs to stop saying all the crap he's saying now, but uh, call him a bad apple because just because of the amount of money he earned, I think it's harsh. Yeah, but it's Does, not just because of the so amount of money So is Felipe Anderson a bad apple? No, because, because it's much? not just the, the, the amount of money he earned. It's the conduct. I yeah. mean, you, you've brushed over it there. Or you could argue that if he hadn't have said the things that he said and disrespected 
the owners, which don't get me wrong, I'm not their biggest fans, but they are the ones that have paid his fucking wages handsomely every week now for 18 months to two years. The manager, which was bang out of order, because he's basically calling him a liar. One of them's lying as to whether he's fit and could yeah, be picked. I agree with and then he's disrespecting the players yes. by saying, ultimately, I'm the best player at the club and I'm not playing. Right? If he hadn't have said those things, I probably wouldn't be saying what I'm saying okay, now. That's fair enough. Right? Then. But that level of disrespect at all angles of the football club in my opinion makes him a bad apple and I am unbelievably frustrated to a degree for him but for the fans that really we were we were spun a line about him being this big West Ham fan um, and, and do you know what I think the other thing that plays on my mind with it is look I don't know Jack Wilshere but when you're a professional footballer your image and your PR and your level of integrity and professionalism should be everything. Yeah. I never, ever, ever saw Jack Wilshere bothered by the fact that he was injured and couldn't play for West Ham. The, my only perception, because it's what I saw, were these stupid pranking videos of him jumping out of a fucking tumble dry, scaring his mates, looking like his loving knife, not giving a shit. And this also, by the way, was during a dark period for West Ham where we didn't even know if we was going to be in the fucking division. Yeah. So... There's so many elements to Jack Wilshere that I I class as a bad apple. I think he's I think he's a piss take merchant. I really do. I think he's he's taking the money and he's laughing all the way to the bank at West Ham's expense. That's my opinion. Okay, I mean I agree more with what you've said now because I agree the post stuff after leaving West Ham is wrong. I do agree with that, and I think he could have handled it a hell of a lot better than he than he has done. And his time at West Ham now will be remembered even worse than it would have been if he just left mm. gracefully. Mm. So I do I do agree with you on that. Um, I, the, the point I was arguing... You know, no way. one... Sorry to interrupt. No one would have hated Paul Lintz if he joined Man United and not held up that shirt. You know, you're, you're, you're judged by your actions. You're judged by what you said. You know, West Ham fans hate Frank Lampard so much because of things that he said after West, leaving West Ham. You know, yeah. Slavin Bilic, the fans had it in for him when he signed for Everton because he basically slagged the club off by saying, I'm going to join a club with ambition. I want to win things. And I feel that this is a club that's actually going to go somewhere. You, you are judged on how you handle moving away from West Ham. Which that's that's how play, That's how fans do it, and that's our right to do but it. not the wages then, because all of the things... No, but that plays there. a part in it for me. I, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by the fact that we have pissed so much money away on someone who, in my opinion, doesn't care, doesn't care, and two, has been disrespectful. Yeah, and I don't like it. Right, the last question comes in from Reese Parker. After the Arsenal game, you both predicted how many points we would get from the Wolves game to the Liverpool game. You both said we wouldn't get more than a few, which is bang on. I think most people would have agreed, to be honest. Eight points and four good results later. How many points do you think we'll get from Fulham, Sheffield United, Villa and Man United? So Fulham is... Not that home and away matters as much now, but... Mm. It's, it is a home. Home. Win. win yeah, that. I agree. What's next? Sheffield United away. I think we'll win that as well, which is a massive change from what I said. So that's six points now. Yeah. What's the next game, did you say? Villa. Well, I'm just try, I'm trying, United to, I'm trying to think well. what way I'm going with Sheffield United. Because I, I can't... Do you know what? It's funny, you know. I can't really see us losing any of these games. No. It's, it's a weird one. But Sheffield United... 
yeah, I will go for a win as well. I'm, I'm more leaning towards a draw, but I'll go for a win. Right. So that's six points we've agreed um, on. Villa. Villa at home. That's a tough one because Villa are on form. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't they just get battered by Leeds? They lost to Leeds, didn't they? That was Bamford scored the hat trick. Yeah, possibly. So. Possibly a turning point there, maybe. Yeah. That's at home. Yeah. I'm going to go for a winner as well. This is ridiculous. How much it's changed. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. I'm going to probably fucking lose all four of these. Exactly. I'm trying to be optimistic because in my head, I'm kind of thinking a draw with Villa. Yeah, but I'm yeah. going to go optimism and go for... Yeah, no, I'm going to go I'm going to go for a win as well. So we're agreeing on this so far. Man yeah. United at home. I'm going to go for sure a draw. I'm going to... I thought it was away. I'm... No, I think it's at oh, home. Okay. I think I'm going to go for a score draw on yeah, that I one. I think I'm going to go for a draw as well. Well, well, we've made the answer easy because we agree on everything. Yeah. So it's ten points. That's interesting. <laughs> but the thing is, it's we'll, be, just, we'll be like right up there. I know, the I know. But that's the thing. See, this is what worries me a little bit, though, because there, I think there is an element of truth in in us predominantly turning up against the big teams yeah, that we're not I expected do. to play yeah. well against, and yet these games we expected to win. On a lot of occasions, we don't. And the Antonio injury, if it's as bad, well, if it's yeah. a crucial factor, yeah. we don't That's know how well we're going to do. That's a big kick in the bollocks, yeah, I tell you. We don't know how well we're going to do without him. Um, up, it's odd, isn't it? It's so odd. Being a West Ham fan, like, yeah. literally, is it's just anything can happen. You can't. I could see us winning all of those, drawing all of those, losing all yeah, of those. Yeah, I know. You can literally it's, see every outcome. Exactly. I mean,. Fulham and Sheffield United are probably the uh, two best teams to play at the moment. Yeah. Maybe West Brom as well, but certainly Fulham and Sheffield United. So it's good that we've got them. Villa's unpredictable. United unpredictable. Mm. We're unpredictable. Yeah, I know. So it's hard, but... Let's get a stick with a 10 and be on the side of optimism and look forward to Champions League football. Next yeah, year. I know. <laughs> we're all going on the European tour, yeah, albeit from our out. televisions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd just be our luck now, yeah, wouldn't it? Would be First typical. time we qualify for Europe in bloody years and we can't go. Well, that'd be horrendous. <laughs> I'd be so gutted. Like, I've always wanted to watch West Ham at one of the big stadiums. Yeah, yeah, I know. It would be so typical. Yeah, but do you know what, though? I also like the idea of going to some of these shitholes yeah, overseas as well. Yeah. You know, that, that appeals to me. Yeah. You have some great away days here overseas. Yeah. Right, okay, that is the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us your questions. And thanks to everyone who has become a patron of the West Ham way over the past couple of weeks. The numbers continue to rise and the community of West Ham fans that is being created really is something special. Next week will be the last episode that you can listen to in full for free. After which, we will only be posting the first section of the show through the usual outlets. To have full access to the show and the West Way podcast extra time, in addition to all the other benefits, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the West Way and join the family for just £5 a month. Look after yourselves, be lucky, and until next week, come on, on you irons. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. 
Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create our reality. We're thinking Geico offers claim service 24-7 with personalized attention from an assigned team. Geico offers claim service? Um, I wasn't thinking that. We think it and it becomes our reality. So, uh, what about washboard abs? Let's give it a go. Think really hard. Okay, abs, abs, abs. Yep, keep thinking. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.